The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful Not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that, as it is written, let no one who boasts, boast in the Lord. The reading of God's word. Let's pray. Father, we're just grateful to be here uh, this morning. We come uh, expectant to hear from you. Um, We just uh, lift up Jonas as he he shares uh, your word. Just give him uh, the words, the enablement. And uh, may we have ears to hear. Um, uh, Lead us uh, into deeper deeper paths, deeper ways. May we lean into you this morning and, and learn and grow. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, good morning, everybody. Can y'all clap it up for yourself? Y'all doing a better job since I first started. Look at that. Amen, amen. All right, so uh, um, Randall texted me from Montana. Every time I preach, the first time I preached was for an hour. Praise God. Um, Where we come from, an hour is like five minutes. I know some of y'all watching Black Panther, and it's like two hours, so y'all can last hearing God's word for an hour. The next time was like 40 minutes. This time... I'm going to try. So pray for me as I'm doing it for 30 minutes. That's very hard for me. Very hard. But God is good. God's going to show up. Okay. Um, so um, we're continuing our series that's focusing on counterfeit gods. Somebody say counterfeit gods. And so we're going to look at Randall. Was, uh, he kicked us off by talking about sex. Um, and he talked about how our bodies belong to God. And you guys can watch that online if you want to continue. And so I'm doing part two of our series that's called Counterfeit God. And I'm going to focus on on uh, the idol of power and control. 
Okay, the idol of power um, control. And so here's the big idea. I just want to give this to you guys up front, just in case I'm not able to go through all my notes, is this. God um, has more power and wisdom than man. Right? My sister, I see you in the middle. Let me say that again. God has more power and wisdom than man. Do y'all believe that? Amen? Like, and so what I want to really get to is the idol of power. See, some of us, are, 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 um, our idol is... Um, we want to be in control. How many of y'all want to be in control of stuff? How many of y'all have plan A? Amen. If A don't work, some of y'all got B, C, D, all the way. You probably got the, uh, the Spanish alphabet, the Chinese alphabet, like you, everything. You're going to make sure it works. And so you have a lot of, uh, you, you, you um, have power. And so what I want to get to the heart of that and the danger of that, if I can go quickly, is when you um, idolize or make power and idol or control, when you're not able to do what you thought you can do, what happens? Right. You, you get you, you're broken. Right. You get depressed. See, the pandemic didn't humble a lot of us. Amen. Our government didn't know what to do. Right. Millennials hopped on TikTok. We don't know what we're doing and started doing some crazy stuff. And so uh, the pandemic really humbled us in our power. We thought we can be in control of everything. We had everything planned out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to finish school. I'm going to get this job and everything shut down. Toilet paper out of control. You feel me? You remember that? Crazy times that we were in. Um, and so we're going to continue this series called Counterfeit Gods, which kind of deals, again, with these idols. And, and so before we get into it, I want to give us uh, some working definitions so you guys can understand how I'm using this term idol. So an idol is a noun. Somebody say noun. Noun. A person. Y'all know, let's see if you, some of y'all are in college, right? A person. Amen. Amen. A person, place, or thing. Or I want to add, or a thought process or mindset or value system that is more important to you than God is. So you want to know what an idol is? Just the, a person, place, or thing, or thought process that becomes prominent or the ultimate thing in your life over the Lord Jesus Christ. Or Tim Keller in his book, Counterfeit Gods, he defines idol this way. And it says, what is an idol? It is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give, uh, give, uh, that, to give you what only God can give you. Do you know that? See, some of y'all are, are, are looking to things, power. Um, some of y'all looking to relationships. Some of you guys are looking to your careers, your friendships. Some of y'all, see, some of y'all are like, you know what? I'm not bad as them outside. You know, I got good grades. I'm a good kid. And some of y'all look to your more moralistic, you know, being a goody two-shoe. And you kind of, you idolize that and you think you're going to be good. And so I want to really talk about that. And so what's unfortunate for us here living in America, right, in contemporary society, when we hear the term idol, a few things come to mind, right? Uh, maybe if you guys grew up in a basketball family and you love sports, uh, if you were lucky enough to watch MJ play basketball, you know who MJ is? For those of y'all don't know, I'm rocking his shoes, right? Michael Jordan, for, for those my athletically challenged friends. Um, so, uh, and Ida, so some of us may grow up, and you know, back in the day, ladies, maybe you're younger, you had NSYNC posters, remember NSYNC, right? Backstreet Boys, whatever, they don't have boy bands no more, so I don't know who y'all, hopefully y'all don't have crazy people, but right? You have that all on the wall, and so you may idolize them. Me, me growing up, I had Kobe, I had, I had this poster of Jordan holding his head, he has like six rings, and so you would idolize them, and so you would look up and you'll be inspired by them, right? And so that's one way when you hear the term idol. That's something you may think of, and you may admire, you want to be like them. All right, another term is what we see a lot in the Bible of, about um, an idol is, um, you know, when you bow down and worship something, right, you see in scripture, or you give your heart, or that you have shrines. And this example that I use all the time because it, it, it just hits home to me is, hey, Arnold, when Helga would bow down to Arnold in the back and have a shrine. Y'all say amen if you know what I'm talking about. 
sorry, uh, Gen Z, you know what I'm saying, if you don't know, I'm talking, I don't know any shows that relate to y'all, but like this girl, she liked, she liked this football head kid, and she, she was very mean to him. Ladies, I don't know why y'all be mean to guys, just tell us you like us, it's easy for us. Uh, and so she was very mean to him, but in the back, she really loved him, and she had this shrine, and she would bow down. And so when we hear the term idol, we think that it's like, you know, Israel bowing down to a calf and worshiping it, right? Like just day and night, but those are not... Uh, those are one ways of idols. And so when we get to this, uh, our text today, I want to say that every generation has their own idols. Many of you guys have your own idols. And so I want to pray. And I feel like for me during the pandemic, there was a lot of surface level idols that came out. See, some of y'all think you're pure, you're holy, and you're good. It just, it just takes one person to cross you on the, uh, on the uh, freeway for you to start cussing again. Amen? Right. One person to get the PlayStation 5 that you've been praying for 10 years and you ain't got it yet. Praise God. Right. It just takes one thing for that thing to you like, God, I thought I, got, I graduated from that. And just it's that the inner man, right, the sinful nature is still in you. And it just takes the right person to bring that out of you. And so I want to challenge you guys, if you're taking notes, like really ask yourself, even though I'm talking about specifically the idol of power and control, like what are some idols? What are some things that you give your heart to if it was taken away? Right? Some of y'all were happy that we didn't go to church no more. Like, my God, I, you know, bed, we, where I come from, we said bedside Baptist. If you know what I mean? You just stay in your bed and you watch live stream, you get all happy. But uh, again, so we want to really deal with some of these things. So I pray today that you understand that none of us are immune to having idols. Right? The pastor, your praying mom, this church, all of us as some form can make an idol out of something. Our success, rate, our growth in ministry. And so I want to really challenge us. And again, the power that we have. Many of you guys think that you guys are able to do things by your own strength and your own power. Right? Maybe some of you guys come from a very intellectual background. Many of you guys have a financial success in your family. And so you look to that. And so you like to control people. And you like to control things. And you, you feel powerful. And you feel fulfilled and satisfied because you're able to control things. And then when you cannot do those things, it begins to fail you. Can I just tell you this up front? Temptation and counterfeit gods, they will ultimately promise you things, but they will never be able to fulfill you. Amen? I'm just telling you, relationships, right? Some of y'all married and y'all sex, right? Y'all been having sex for years. Praise the Lord. That's good. Enjoy it. Uh, if you're married, if you got a ring, go ahead. It's okay. It's not a bad thing. But you, some of y'all, maybe when you're younger, I can't wait to get married. A lot of older folks tell me it's not what you think it's going to be. And so you think, oh, man, I just got to get married. All this thing's going to go away. No, right? Like there's the idol of this thing's going to fulfill me. Only Jesus can fulfill your heart. Only Jesus is going to be able to fulfill the needs and the desires that you have. And again, and Jesus is more powerful than all of you guys and all of us, including me. And he's in control of everything, not you. Right. He's in control and not us. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And so here the Bible is clear that the human heart is an idol factory of uh, the prophet Ezekiel um, in Ezekiel chapter 14, verse three says this son of dust. These men worship idols in their hearts. So in other words, what God was saying here through the prophet um, Ezekiel is that um, the human heart takes good things, right? Good things and then make them ultimate things. You put your marriage over God. You put your kids, some of y'all wanted to be the best athlete, but you didn't have that ability. And then you had a son and he was like, oh my God, he can dribble. 
You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he, can, he can catch a ball. He's better than me. And so you try to live your dreams through your, your child, right? Kids are not bad. Family are not bad. Education is not bad. Success is not bad. Love and relationships are not bad. But we can take, ultimately, we think is going to be the sinful thing. But what the enemy does, he likes to creep in and take good things and turn them into God things. He likes to take good things and turn them into ultimate things. And eventually our heart and our allegiance goes to that and then not to God. Right. Late at night, you've been in a relationship for a long time. Where do you where does your heart go? Where's your imagination? Where does your mind go? Does it go to God? You feel me? Or do you open up an app and start searching like, man, if I could just find the right one. We believe in online dating. It's OK. Nothing wrong with it. But don't uh, that, that person on the other side of the screen. They're not going to fulfill you. Only Jesus can can. That was for free. I feel like I got to set some of us free with that. Um, and so the more. Uh, uh, so, uh, again, an idol is, uh, is uh, or a counter for God. Um, is the very best things in our lives that can come. And so part two of our series, we're going to talk about the idol of power and control. So I only got two points for us. It's going to be very simple. This is my first point, and it'll be on the screen. Jesus is more powerful and more intelligent than you are, and he controls everything in the universe. Amen? So again, when we talk about the idol of power, you always wanting to be in control. You think you, because you try hard or you're good enough, you're going to be able to save yourself. Some of us think we're smarter than God. We can out, you know, outsmart God in what we do just because of the, how much money we have or how much success we have accumulated. But the Bible tells us otherwise. So what I'm going to do is in order for me to finish in a timely manner, I'm going to take this chunks because you can break down this text in two chunks. You can take verses 18 through 25 is what we're going to do. We'll talk about that a little bit. Amen. And then we're going to take the second part and talk about that. And then I'll be out your way. Amen. Amen. Randall, if you watch me online, I'm going to be done on time. Watch. All right. I had to throw shade. God forgive me. I got petty ministry sometimes. All right. Verse 18 says this. For the word of, of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God to us who are being saved. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will set aside the intelligence of the intelligent. By the way, I'm reading CSB. It's going to be ESV on there, so I'm sure you guys can figure that out. Um, verse 20, where is the one who is wise? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the debater of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? For since in God's wisdom, the world did not know God through wisdom, God was pleased to save those who believed through the foolishness of what is preached. For the Jews asked for a sign, for signs, and the Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. Yet to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. I'm going to teach y'all something. So whenever I read scripture, whenever I'm up here, I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord. And you guys respond by saying thanks be to God. Can we try that? This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So, again, we're talking about the, 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 the idol of power, us wanting to be in control. So when we look at this context, it's talking about specifically of salvation and how we are not able to save ourselves and we don't have the power to save ourselves. And so many people in this world, if you talk to someone, or I don't know if you ever uh, evangelize or try to share the gospel with someone, what is the number one thing that people often say? Like, oh, are you going to go to heaven? What, do you think you'll go to heaven? They'll say, yeah, because I'm a what? Oh, my evangelist. I see y'all. some of y'all sh shade on you who didn't say nothing. I'm just joking. But um, So when you go evangelizing, you talk to somebody, most of the time they're going to say, uh, um, 
because I'm a good person or because I, I try hard. And so they look to their own strength, right? And they idolize themselves, right? Even like in the Islamic faith is when they go, I, talk, I have a lot of Muslim people in my family. And when I ask them like, how do you know you go to heaven? And they'll say, if only Allah knows if my good outweighs my bad. And so you look to your own strength. You look from within, you know, the word always tells you, right? Follow your heart. That's demonic. Amen. The board of the Bible teaches our heart is desperately wicked. Amen. Ladies, how many guys have y'all had and you're like, my God, thank you that I'm not with that person. But at first, you know how you used to do it, but you hang up. No, you hang up. You're cute. Like, right? And so our heart is wicked. Our heart, no, we don't follow our heart. We lead our heart. We lead our heart according to scripture in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we get in this text here, um, what we're going to see is the God's power over the power of men. We're not able to save ourselves. You're not able to control your life no matter how much good you are. You can live in a good neighborhood. You can have the best credit score. Amen. We're praying for 850. You can have all those things, the white picket fence, the dog, the relationship. Those things will not protect you, right? They're false, illegitimate gods. They can do nothing. The Bible said those are gods that they're made by human hands. They cannot speak. They cannot talk. They cannot do anything for you, right? And so we need to learn how to rid ourselves. And I want to encourage us, and I'm talking to myself too. I know I always to tell my group back in the day, I know I'm preaching to you guys, but I'm preaching to myself first before I'm preaching to you guys. And I'm not immune to this too. And sometimes I can look to me being in ministry, Amen. Some of us think God owes us stuff because we're in ministry, because we're on stage or we're preaching or we dedicate our life to God. And God does not owe us anything. And so from here, what Paul is telling the Corinthian church here, he's reminding them because Paul was being made fun of because of how he spoke. He didn't come in eloquent speech or or fancy words. Right. He just came proclaiming the gospel of God. And to them, they didn't see power in that. And so man's wisdom is they make a mockery of God. They don't think God, they make fun of the Noah's Ark. They make fun of the, that we believe in a, a God who died on the cross for our sins. And they, make, they mock us, right? Some of you guys are in school, you know what I'm talking about. They literally mock and make fun of believers and God. And so here um, we see the power for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God. How many of y'all know there is power in the gospel? Right. The gospel is the life, death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that is the power that we have. It's not you trying to be good. Can I just set some of y'all free? It's not you thinking you can outsmart God and work hard. You will never be able to save God, even on your best day. Can I make it plain? Say yes. Make it plain. Amen. I love y'all. Y'all getting good. Okay. So the Bible teaches us that our, our best day, our good works are like filthy rags. I heard that in Isaiah. You know what it actually means in the Hebrew? If y'all looked it up, it's like a, mini, a woman's menstrual cycle. Yeah, nasty, huh? That's you on your best day to God. There's nothing that you can bring to God. Look it up in the Hebrew. That's what it literally talks about. Like, it's just nasty. Even on your best day, you, some of y'all woke up, you prayed, you come to church, you didn't sin as bad as you thought you would. Like, there's nothing in your own strength that you can do, and we'll get to it towards the end of the second part of the section, that you can save yourself. Only Jesus Christ, through what he's done, he can save us. It's not what you can do by yourself, right? This ain't Nike, just do it. We, we need God to do it through us and for us, and he has done that. And so I want to encourage you guys, some of us who get discouraged, right? Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power unto salvation. There's power in the gospel. Yeah, it's going to seem like foolishness to the rest of the world. That gospel has the power to set people free from shackles and addictions that people have. Do y'all believe that? 
I don't know what y'all coming from, people's family background, people are addicted, there's, there's generational curses and things that need to be broken in Jesus' name. The gospel has the power to do that. You are not able to save yourself. And so as Paul is preaching this message, um, they would make fun of him and they were talking about him and they called the, the, this message foolishness. They didn't understand that the, it was actually in believing in God and what God has done that, it, it, that the power is found and not in yourself. And so they were mocking him for that. Um, so the message of the cross, which is the gospel, is the good news about Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection. Right? The gospel penetrates the core of self-centeredness. For those who exalt self, the message sounds absurd. But for those who bow humbly in faith, it becomes a power that is able to snatch them from death and impart life. And I know some of us, we want to be in control of our lives and we mistakenly believe that the lie that we are powerful enough to save ourselves apart from God instead of receiving God's gracious gift. For those of you guys who've been trying to do it on your own, like, be real with me. How do y'all feel? Like, do you feel like joyful, carrying all that weight by yourself, all that sin, secret sin that you hide in? Like, does it really empower you or does it really show you how limited you are in being able to do anything and control your life? Like, nobody can control anything. Right. Only God is the one that's ultimately in control. That's what for, uh, Colossians one teaches us that in Christ Jesus, all things hold together. He sustains everything. Like, I don't know about y'all, but my Bible says my God is so dope. He talks. He would just say bear, bam, bear pop up. That's the God that we serve. Like, that's a dope God. I don't know about y'all. Like, that's amazing. I get excited about that. And so we serve this God that you can't do that, but he talks to the things that are not in existence as if they are. And when he speaks, creation begins to happen. And so I know we want to be in control of our lives and we have this, this idol. Maybe no one told you that it's an idol. You always want to be in control and power in every position, every relationship, at your school, your job, whatever. You want to have this sense of power. It makes you feel good that you're in control. And God wants you to let that go and give it to him. Because he's a better God than you are. Right? I don't know about you. If I was God, it, this world would probably be crazy. I thank, I thank God that God is God. You feel me? If I was God, let you make fun of me on the cross. I'm coming off that cross and I'm going to give you that one, two in Jesus' name. I'm going to extend what we like to say in the hood is the right hand of fellowship. I'm going to give you that to you. Right. And so thank God. God is so gracious and loving. He's not like us. He's so kind. And so, again, when you feel that, I want you when you feel that that irk inside of you to always want to you start. Some of us, maybe we, we deal with anxiety. And we, we feel that pressure. Right. We, we want to give that to God. We want to release it. And so this is where the um, the idol power comes into play. If you think, again, the context of this about salvation. Right. For those who, who believe and are being saved, it is power to us. Right. We cannot outsmart God. We cannot save ourselves. Um, and again, an idol is whatever um, you look at and say in your heart of hearts. If I have this, then I feel my life has meaning. Then I know I have value. Then I feel significant and secure. So that's what another way to know what an idol is. If you look at this thing and it brings you joy, it brings you pleasure more than God does. That's an idol. I don't know about y'all. God is not a, a side piece. You know what that is? A side chick. Amen. Right. God is not second place. He's first. God is the cream of the crop. Um, so if anything becomes more important to you than God, your happiness, uh, your uh, meaning in life and identity, then that's an 
idol. And so Paul begins to challenge all these people in the context of salvation. And so God is like, they're like, where's the wisest person? Bring the most intellectual, the most, uh, the best debater, um, the most wisest person and bring them. Where are they at? And God has, and if you look at the text here, we see in verse 20, so where's the one who's wise? Where's the teacher of the law? Where's the debate of this age? Hasn't God made the world's wisdom foolish? And so in other words, like the man left to themselves, we cannot save ourselves as good as you think you are. You will not be able to figure out everything. And so God has shown in humans uh, wisdom and us trying to figure it out. We were not able to figure out and understand God apart from God stepping in. That's why I love the Christian faith. All other religion tells you do this and you'll be right with God. The Bible is the only one that talks about a God who left heaven to come down and be with humanity, right? He emptied himself, which means he added human uh, uh, nature to his divinity, right? He didn't lose anything. That would not make him God. He was always God. He didn't lose nothing. Right? And he added humanity to his nature, and he walked among us. And so that's the God that we serve. Paul saying, well, where's all the wisest person? So though some of you guys think you're wise. You have all these degrees, right? You have more degrees than, than your name spelled. You have so much degrees in your name, and yet God is more smarter than you, more wiser than we are. It, it would be best to trust and to lean on to him and not to your own self. All right. I'm, time is, man, that time is really humbling me. Uh, point number two. Y'all still with me? Okay, point number two. The gospel of God's uh, grace leaves no room for personal boasting. The gospel of God's uh, grace leaves no room for per, per, uh, personal boasting. I love this is like a Photoshop version of ourselves. See, I don't you know, Instagram and all that stuff. It filters is all cute, man. It, it makes you not look like who you really are. You ever been on Snapchat? I'm not on Snapchat no more since 2014. But if y'all been on Snapchat, uh, you look at it and you, just, you put a picture and then you look really and then you really look at yourself and you be like, my God. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so with this, this is really going to show how you look like. Like this, this, this section we're going to look at, like you're not as cute as you think you are. You're not as wise and smart as you think you are. Like God is, I, I'll get to it later. I want to get ahead of myself. Let's just read it because I got to, I'm going to read the text and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit minister because, man, I don't know how y'all preach in 30 minutes. That is crazy. Uh, brothers and sisters, verse 26, brothers and sisters. And then notice the language. I want to say this. Paul's talking to Christians, right? Um, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is uh, in insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing, what is viewed as something so that underline it that's the, whenever you see that in the new testament so that it's a hina clause in greek that's the purpose of the a purpose of this so paul is telling so that no one may boast in his presence it is from him that you are in christ jesus who became wisdom from god for us our righteousness sanctification and redemption in order that as it is written let the one who boasts boast in the lord only I'm going to try to do as best I can to make it plain. I'm pretty sure the, uh, the, the text is clear for itself. But um, I'm going to say my point again. The gospel of grace leaves no room for personal boasting. There's nobody that can stand here and say that you can look to yourself and your own strength and your own power to say, God, look all that I have done. Can you imagine if God gave us, if God did 99.999999% of saving us and we had that little, you know, that little percent that we attributed Right? Some people teach salvation uh, through baptism, right? We don't, we don't believe that, amen? 
I don't know your background, but if y'all going to hear from the pulpit, we don't believe only Jesus saves. Amen. It's not by you getting in the water. We do it out of obedience, but that does not save us. And so imagine if we did do that. We'll be in heaven and God be like, man, I say, you know what I'm saying? But boy, I got in that water, though. You see me? Did you see? And so we would like begin to look to ourselves. And so God, there's no room. And again, verses 18 to 25, you can see it. Where are the wise people? There's no strength. The gospel is the power that saves us. It's not by you doing what you can do or you can add. Anything plus Jesus automatically nullifies grace. It's a different gospel. We only preach Christ and him crucified. What he has done, you don't add to it. And so when we see here in the text, um, Paul begins to show us that the gospel leaves no room for personal boasting. God is not impressed with y'all looks. Oh, y'all missed y'all moment. Some of us is ugly. It's okay. It's, it's, we ugly sometimes. You know, it's okay. God loves ugly people. Um, I know they told you in school you're cute and all and everyone gets awards, but that's not true in real life. Um, God is not impressed with our looks, our social position, achievements, natural heritage, our financial status. Like notice the language of Paul said, not many of you, right? He says, uh, not none are wise in the world standard. Like this is who you really are. You're not as smart as you think you are. You're not the best. And honestly, this is interesting to me. God is the worst talent scout in the world. How do I know that? If God was creating a, uh, an NBA team, <laughs> right, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they already got three on the squad, they just need two more. <laughs> so God the Father with long, you know, back in the day in the 70s, long, big shorts, like, so God is balling, and Jesus is like, Pops, who you want to get on the team? He's like, oh, him. He ain't got no legs. Yep, get him on the team, right? And then God, you start playing, he, oh, he ain't got no arms. And so God gets all these people who the world, you know, so back in the day, I was chubby. You know, I'm still pandemic, 30 pounds added to my weight. It's all good. Um, like, no one, used, you know, you, got, you didn't get picked for sports? Like, that's the people God picked. Like, the world picks all the, they, oh, LeBron, give me LeBron. Give me Steph Curry. Give me Kobe. Nobody's picking the people on the bench, right? So that's what God does. He picks the worst people to show his glory and power through that. Because when you get somebody who was in a wheelchair, no, we're not shaming people in a wheelchair, right? But you would not put them in a game from a human perspective. Or if you had no arms, uh, hello, you got to shoot the ball and you got to pass the ball. But God would do that. And so when you start playing and now you throw an alley-oops to the father and you dunking and everybody's like, how in the world is that happening? They're going to say, oh, that cannot be you. All ultimate glory and attention is going to go to who? To God. And so when you see this, like, this is like, it's not, some of us have, we allies again, power, we look to ourselves, we, we go to ourselves to give us value. We look at ourselves and we say, if I can just do this, if I can just achieve this, right? Have you ever wanted something so bad and then got it and wanted something else after? You know how that is. It never satisfies you. You always want something more. I remember I was driving a hoopty. Y'all know what a hoopty is? Let me just break that down. A hoopty is an a, 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 a automobile. That is not as nice as other automobiles. That makes sense? Back in the day, window don't work. You feel me? You have to, see, some of y'all too young. Y'all don't know about that. Yeah, we didn't have automatic doors. And some of the older people saying, you're still young. I know. But like, you just had to do that. You drive in my car. And I actually went to, I used to go to UC high school. I remember I just drive my little bucket and it'll be, I park way in the back. All my friends had BMWs, had night. I said, my God, I was thankful to have a car, but I was not taking, I waited for everybody to leave. Then I got in the car because that thing made noise, my God. And so, um, and so we had, like, we had a hoopty. And so what we do, like, I can't wait to get a new car. So now I got a newer car, right? But tell me why I'm driving at the stoplight. Then I see a Tesla. I'm like, my God, I need a Tesla too. Say amen if, or you say ouch if it hurts. You know what I'm saying? And so like, we look to these things to satisfy us and to fulfill us. 
That's why I would never, like every relationship you get to, the job promotion, we praise God for those things. Those are awesome. But don't place your hope in those things because they will never satisfy you. All right, some of y'all are hard heads and God got like a nice long belt for some of us. Amen. He disciplined those he loved. Some of us have to go through some stuff. Some of us is curious. We're not going to listen. We're going to have to walk through um, some stuff. And so we see again that none of you guys are mighty, none of you guys are strong, none of you guys are uh, as good as you think you are. But again, the text, I love it, just said that no one may boast. There's nobody. Ephesians 2, right? You are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. No one's ever going to say, God, look what I've done. We're going to say, no, thank you, Jesus, for what you did. You did that. You got me in here. This, how do I know? That's what the text says, verse 30. It is from him, right? Somebody better circle that, that you are in Christ Jesus who became wisdom from God, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So I want to talk about those three points. I got two minutes left. I'm going to wrap this up right now. And so he says, this is our righteousness. Righteousness simply means to be made, made right with God. You're made right with God based on your faith alone in Jesus Christ for what he has done. That makes you right with God. Not by trying hard or doing better. It's by trusting in him. And that's what gets you right. It's achieved based on the gratitude and the power of Christ. Not by your strength and not by you trying to control everything. So the next one is after that is he's our sanctification. Sanctification means to be made pure and holy. In other words, to be set apart. You know, as Christians, we are called to be set apart. Not to look like the rest of the world, to be different. Um, it's a different sermon for a different day. We belong to God and we are to serve him. Redemption means having been made free from sin. And this emphasizes that the fact that we are set free because Jesus Christ paid the price for us on the cross. Amen. Um, and so in closing. So again, many of us look to, to, the, to the idol of power for hope, for meaning and fulfillment only God can provide that for you, right? Last week, we talked about sex, right? In the, like, let's just be real. We, we adults. In the moment, none of us are like, oh, my God, I don't like this, right? I know y'all probably don't hear that from church. We need to talk more about that, right? Nobody in the act is like, oh, my God, this is suck. You're enjoying it, I'm pretty sure. Like, God himself made it. Like, there's all the, anyways, y'all just, y'all being real shy on me. Anyways, um, and so, right, like, you and, like, the, that in that moment, you feel satisfied, but what, if you're not in marriage, if you're married, amen, you're not going to feel bad. But after, for those of us who are connected to that, like sex is a glue, it binds us. And after that relationship is severed or you're not in a relationship with them no more, right, you feel like you lost a part of yourself, right? God ultimately did that to put us together and we, we feel broken because of that. Or, and again, when we lose all power, something happens. You thought because you controlled everything, you got your kids in the right place, you got your career, your job, and you thought everything was good and then you lose the job. Maybe a son or a spouse gets a, that one call from the doctor and things, you know, just goes crazy. And you begin to realize, man, did I really, did I really trust in God or did I, did I trust in what I was controlling, what I can handle? Did I look to myself for my own strength? And so, again, in, in, in closing, only God. Um, again, the problem is these idols are only empty promises. That's what they are, ultimately. They're empty promises. Satan always, right, he over-promises, but he never comes through. And sometimes, like, like idiots, if I can use that term, we believe his lie. This time is going to be better. Like, you know what? You're probably right. And then when we come at the end of that, it's not better. And we, we should know better. So don't allow your hearts to harbor idols because whatever you allow into your heart will eventually enslave you. The Bible says that sin is crouching at the door early on in Genesis, but you must master it. 
Sin is not your friend. Idol is not your friend. It wants to handicap you. It does not love you. It does not like you. It does not care about you. It, it will control you. You think you'll control it, but it will control you. And so whatever you're enslaved to ultimately controls you, and then ultimately it becomes your Lord. Or in other words, it becomes your master, and so you're enslaved to it. And so here's the good news, though. So those of us who, who struggle with the idol power, control sex, or whatever that may be for you, there's free gift for all of us, and that's Jesus. Jesus came to live the perfect life for us. Right? He came to set the captives free. I don't know if any of us are in addictions or we struggle with certain idols, secret sins that no one knows about. God says, come to me, all who are weary, right? All who are struggling, come and I will give you the rest that you want, right? It's in him, it's in, in community, not by yourself trying to deal with stuff. It's coming to him, being honest with your sins, right? Coming and giving your life over to Jesus, repenting, right? To have a change of mind about that thing and to turn back to the Lord. The only one true God that will satisfy you, who will promise you eternal life, who defeated hell, sin, death, and the grave. Isn't that good news? Okay, I'm about to say, some of y'all just looking at me like, well, okay. Like, this ain't no sales pitch, like, but it's the best decision that you could ever make in your life. And some of you guys, again, I want you to give up this power, to give up this, the bank can come up. Y'all do that, I promise. I'm, look, I'm done. Three minutes over, not too bad. Amen, thank you. So, um, yeah, I, I just felt like, yeah, I'm, I'm done, but like, I just felt the need to kind of stay put in this in a little bit. Just stay in this moment to kind of, I don't know if y'all feel that, but just stay in that moment. God wants you guys to release that. Some of you guys have been holding, trying so hard and like saying, man, God, if I can just do this, this will make it better. And God's saying, just my daughter, my son, let it go and give it to me. He will take, he will make straight your path. He will do everything for you. It's giving your life and trusting to him and he will fulfill you and he will unconditionally forgive you and he will promise that you will be with him forever. Amen. All right, so let me pray. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, thank you um, for your word. Thank you for this time. Lord, I know there's so much more that could be said, but uh, in faith, I'm trusting that um, those who needed to hear this message today would be able to receive it joyfully. Um, Spirit of God, do what only you can do, God. Begin to change the hearts and minds of your children here today, Lord. May we not just be hearers of your word, but doers, Lord. I know that is more easier said than done. God, I'm just getting an overwhelming sense of someone just saying, like, that, that's me. Like, I, I, I'm always trying to be in control of everything since I was a, a little kid because of based on how I was raised and things happened, like, they made it their aim to be in control of everything, and it's eating them alive, consuming them from the inside out. And so I pray in Jesus' name, whoever that is, God, they would begin to freely release that to you, Lord, and God, and give complete control to you, God. And Lord, that you would begin to do a, a um, the, through your spirit, you would begin to remind us and speak to us, God. Bring to light those idols. Maybe it's not power. Maybe it's not control. Maybe it's not sex. Maybe it's um, other things in our lives, God. Help us just to be aware of it and to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I've taken this good thing of creation. It's not necessarily sinful, but I, I've looked to that to bring me pleasure or joy more than I did looking to you. And so as you call us back, I'm so thankful that you lovingly receive us with open arms, God. So thank you for this time. Thank you for this day, Lord. We just give you all the glory and honor. In your name I pray. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.